Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hi, boys and girls. How are you? Great to be with you from the new studios. Woo. Coming along. How many how many drinking vessels do we have on this desk? I guess just the four. Well, I mean, I threw yeah, one I, I, away. I'm just I'm pumping up our sister station, the trail here. I didn't put that in the oh, station okay. because you know I'm just doing some branding. Showing you know, the trail. Everybody out okay. there know that. We aren't alone here. We are part of a group. You got your we got hydro other, flask. We got our other sponsor, Florence Coffee. Florence Company. Coffee, yep. Very good. Always, always got to have the hydro everywhere you go. Yeah, you're, you're, that's an interesting one for me. I don't want to talk about it right now. Uh, 329-1899 is not our phone number anymore. You'll no, be happy to not. know. 361-3688 is our phone number. There it is. Today and today only. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can check it out anytime you would like it. Get it on your terms. The Tutel Nuanas podcast brought to us by Blackfoot. Uh, if you would like to listen live, you can check it out on the stream as well. The stream available, 1029ESPN.com. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We were happy uh, earlier today to have a little fun, Coulter. I mean, why not? Bring why in our, not? our good friend, Sean Rainey. Uh, those of you who watch SWX uh, Montana Television, ABC Fox in Missoula know Sean Rainey well, the uh, sportscaster of the year in the state of Montana and uh, a good friend of ours to talk about a variety of topics, including uh, Jamie Pickens transferring, State of the Lady Grizz, the State of the uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers and his favorite players on there, and uh, and so and he's got a great, great, great story about Jerry Rice. So uh, enjoy Colters and my conversation with our friend from SWX Television, Sean Rainey. Well, we're happy now to welcome in Sean Rainey, Sports Director, SWX Montana. Another Zoom call. We're utilizing technology to its full force, but Rainey, I know that. You're probably more sad to be quarantined and not have live sports than anybody because not only are you a huge sports guy, but you got your San Diego Padres baseball bat there. Some of us 
we've waned a little bit on our baseball interest, but you are as big of a baseball fan as it is. So how you get by, man? You got little kids. You got no baseball to watch. Are you surviving? Yeah, March March 26th was a day that I had circled on my calendar forever, and uh, it was a sad it was a sad morning. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, baseball, and then I'm a big fantasy baseball guy, and so not having baseball right now has been the most rough thing for me. Honestly, as much as I love the NCAA tournament, it's kind of crazy. I, I miss not having baseball. If I had to pick one of them more, which I know that I'm in the the vast minority with that. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of pure baseball people are uh, very sad. And hopefully, you know, they've been coming up with some crazy ideas to try and get back. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, hopefully we get some baseball back soon. Well, speaking, you know, the, speaking of crazy ideas, though, I mean, we've all kind of had to get creative on how to get content. And uh, I'm very proud of, of us and our colleagues and, and you, Sean, for continuing to put together newscasts and SWX tonight and all these things. But tell some of the folks that maybe haven't been seeing it or, or maybe they're just sports hungry. What sort of things have you guys been doing to fill your shows at night? Yeah, so, like, initially when you are thinking, like, oh, man, there's not going to be any sports going on and we have a 30-minute show that we got to fill and what am I going to do in my sports segments every single day? Just like you guys are thinking, what are we going to talk about for a couple hours? And then, like, it's almost been easier in the sense that now that, like, Zoom and FaceTime interviews have been acceptable on my end. You guys, it's a little bit easier because you can just call somebody up and record the audio and you don't have to physically be there. For me, it was always hard because I'd have to physically, you know, bring the camera, go meet the person, do an in-person interview. And all of that is takes a lot of time to coordinate and set up. But now that I could just call somebody to be like, hey, can we just do a FaceTime or Zoom interview real quick? It's almost been easier for me to talk to people. So content-wise, feature stories and, and the creative content has almost been easier than it was before. You know, Sean, everybody's always going to want the best audio quality, the best video quality that they can get as a consumer, as somebody watching or listening at home, certainly. But do you think that this is going to to last after the quarantine and stuff is over because of what's what's also very important, the the, the the uh, the content right because you could talk to so many people that you wouldn't otherwise have been able to without this uh to me that's been one of the major silver linings of all of this is is utilizing this technology and the ease with which we can talk to so many different people do you think that that's something that will stick around after this is all said and said and done a hundred percent and i think it depends on like exactly like what kind of level you're talking about like if you're talking about with me and just like local news I, you know i i think the vast majority of people will end up kind of end up going back to what the norm was. But for me, and what I've always tried to, you know, hold my hat on is like, is being creative and doing new and different things. So I think that this will definitely allow me to continue to do more creative things. And we'll, we'll we're going to keep doing like some of these rewinds where we kind of look back at games and you're able to like, just call up all these people who are all over the place um, has been awesome. And I think we're going to continue to to do more of that. And, yeah, definitely shift away from not everything has to be you physically there with the camera. And I know that, you know, we're going to try and, and keep doing that. And I think we'll see that on a, on a national media scale. As far as local media, I would imagine, give it enough time, I think it'll kind of go back to how it was. But we'll see. Sean, uh, I got to ask you about you here because a lot of people who've been spending a lot more time at home, you know, have 
on one hand, I think initially found it sort of nice in a lot of ways, maybe more time with the family and so on and so forth, get some projects done. At this point, I think there's some, some, some stir craziness that's starting to set in for people. Okay, so I get that. But for you, it is to a tenth power because you, A, are at your home just like everybody else, but B, don't have the also thing that was spending 100 hours a week with fantasy baseball. I mean, my goodness gracious, how people play fantasy baseball and maintain a relationship that works, I'll never know. But you found a way to do it, so congratulations to you and to your wife for putting up with it. But you got to be sitting here just pacing in absolute circles with nothing to do. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. But you end up having, like, because, you know, so I've been doing all of my shows from home. Um, you know, I'm sitting here right now in my little sports cave set up, and I – We'll have a, a camera and a tripod kind of just set up here and I'll just kind of come down here and, and do my segment and then go upstairs and, and cut it up. But basically, you know, my wife works is still, she was working at the hospital. So she's still working, you know, five, five days a week and, and crazy hours. So basically become a full-time dad while having to produce my sports at home. So it's been, it's been awesome being with family, but it has definitely, you know, been, been a little bit difficult because, I'm trying to <laughs> I'll be downstairs trying to record something and you're yelling upstairs to the boys like, Hey, be quiet. You know, as I'm trying to record stuff. Um, well, so shout out of, to Brittany. We're howling for her every night, eight o'clock, man. We go out and, yep. uh, and let her know. So it's great. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I can't complain because, you know, both myself and my wife are both working. We're not laid off. We're still, you know, don't have to worry about any of, of that stuff, which I know a lot of people are, you know, across the, you know, the country. So can't complain there, but definitely, um, you know, it is difficult doing stuff for TV and, and editing and producing while you got kids running around and they're getting ready to fight and kill each other. Cause they've been all, you know, stuck in the house and things like that. So, you know, it certainly has had its challenges and getting a little, getting a little stir crazy for sure. And, and hopefully, you know, we can get some some sports back because that'll at least give us something to look forward to, to watch on TV and give us a little bit of a distraction. But, uh, cause it certainly has been rough at times. Not going to lie. John Rainey, SWX Montana joining us. He's the sports director at SWX. A lot of stuff's happened since the last time we had you on the show. We were sitting in a hotel room in Boise. I don't know <laughs> if that seemed like it was yesterday or 10 years ago. It's been the, Time has completely gone away. I don't even – Ryan didn't even know what day it was yesterday. But <laughs> – No clue. So so much has happened since then. Let's start with the Missoula Paddleheads. They released their jerseys. What would you think? I think they're pretty sweet. I mean, I have two of them hanging up right in front of me on my wall. Nice. I like, I like the, um, the traditional, the white with the green pinstripe with the paddleheads across the, the chest. Um, and I like the one with the, uh, the, the Missoula with the, the antlers on it. Um, the, the tie dye one, I know a lot of people like that one. I think it's, it's a little wild for my taste. Um, and then they have the, the you know, the black zoo town one. I think they're pretty sweet. It's just kind of crazy that, uh, all of this stuff, all this gear that people are buying, all the hats and then now jerseys and stuff. And, um, I don't, if I, if you had to, you know, Press me on it. I don't think uh, Missoula Paddleheads will ever play a, a baseball game ever, which is is crazy. But I don't think it's going to happen. It's it's such a weird, unbelievably strange reality that this has all transpired with what all the work that they've done and really good work. Yeah, to I, I feel so bad. and everything like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we work closely with them. We broadcast all the games on, you know, SWX and ESPN. We, we know how much effort that they've put in, and it's been a wild few years for them getting sold and, and rebranding and all that. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know if, we, if minor league baseball is going to get played this year. I would, I would doubt it. And then if, if minor league baseball gets cut moving forward, I mean, it's just so crazy that all of this and there won't be a single game ever played by the Missoula Paddleheads. This is wild. The biggest news of today uh, around the state, uh, Jamie Pickens, University of Montana, star freshman, transferring out of the Lady Grizz program. So now uh, only a, a handful of players left on that roster after you take away the graduation of three seniors and, and then the transferring out of Callie Frolich and Gabby Harrington and now Jamie Pickens. So thin ranks for the Lady Grizz. But I think the people that follow high school basketball in Montana – on the girls' side, they know a little bit about Pickens, but maybe not as much. I, I was surprised by how many people didn't understand the prowess of the recruit that she was. I mean, a lot of recruiting rankings had her in the top 100 in the entire country. She had offers from all over the West Coast, and it was a great get for Montana to get her, but now the fact is she's only going to spend one year at the University of Montana, and she's going to go elsewhere. So, Sean, your initial reaction to Jamie Pickens leaving the Lady Grizz? Yeah, I mean, nothing – is surprising me anymore as far as leaving and coming and going, especially with the Lady Grizz. They've had so much of it as of late, but I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's huge. It's a, it's a monumental transfer um, because, you know, I think she might not have had the, the massive year this season that some people would have expected, but I, I think if she gets, you know, a year, another year or two to get comfortable and develop, I mean, she's a, you know, big sky MVP potential talent and to have that walk out the door with everything that else has walked out the door. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a huge loss. And I don't even know I was thinking about it. I, I don't know how they're even going to fill out their roster for next year. Like what are, are you going to bring in like seven transfers? Like, I, I don't know if this is just, uh, it's just crazy when you, when you think about if you just rewind to, you know, five years ago and to what it is going into this season, it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to believe. You never could have missed it, right? I mean, when the, when the tournament was in Missoula last year before we went to a neutral site, and the Lady Grizz, I mean, it was like the last moment of the Robin Selvig Dolphins Arena magic, right? That Lady Grizz team was good, but I didn't think it was better than Northern Colorado. But because it was on their home court, because you have just the magician on the sidelines and Robin Selvig, they rallied from a 19-point second-half deficit, and they put Northern Colorado away, and they win the last of their – Big Sky Tournament titles, it's amazing to think that since then, just five short years, that we've reached the point now here where we're looking for another coach and you have a roster that is just completely devoid of players. It's crazy that this is the situation that it's gotten to with that program. This transfer is an unmitigated disaster for the Montana Lady Grizz, pure and simple. I mean, you're talking about who, who to me, is Montana's best returning player and just going to be a sophomore with three years left and would have been absolutely on the floor, the bridge between Shannon Schwain and whoever the next coach is going to be. If it's, you know, Mike Petrino for this year, which we've, we've heard. And then, you know, beyond that, we'll see. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to have the players to play. And she, she was the one, like you can build the whole thing around her and, and now you can't. And th this is, this is, Awful, awful, awful news for the Lady Grizz, pure and simple. Like, there's no there's no way to cut this, to me, any other direction. And we don't know, 
you know, again, all the explanations and reasons why, what the, what the circumstances uh, in, in terms of her personal decision-making were. But uh, I think, look, I think she was poorly used. I've said this before, but she was poorly used throughout the course of the season last year. And, uh, and, and, and that is not to say, I mean, I, my understanding and from what, you know, I hear is that her and coach Wayne have a wonderful relationship. So it's not like, you know, there's bitterness or animosity. I'm not trying to paint that picture, but just on the floor, what I saw much more could have been done to me with her. Does that mean that now she doesn't leave? I don't know, but I do know that her leaving is, is an awful state of affairs. And I think to me would have buoyed this ship hugely in a very unsettled time right now. Uh, that that now is no longer the case and i think that there i i mean i think it's it's full rebuild mode in a lot of ways for the lady grizz which i have has never happened in any of our lifetimes ever yeah the thing that i want to ask you guys because it's something i've been just thinking about and it's not specific to jamie pickens at all it's just more of like the state of where we we are at right now in in college athletics like obviously you know she wanted to leave because she is going to be happier somewhere else you know good for her go do what you need to do but if we and 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 i know we want you know we talk about you know coaches being able to you know they'll say like oh i'm gonna go somewhere and and i'm gonna be here for you all four years and then they leave after one year to go to a different school to get paid more and so we should allow the players a one-time transfer to to go here and there and they can have the rights too but i almost wonder if we're just if it's just getting a little bit too much and we're we're allowing it's it I just feel like a lot of times with certain players, they just the grass is greener on the other side. They have that mindset, but it's really it's really not the case. And sometimes sticking it out is the better option when they don't necessarily realize it in the moment. And I feel like a lot of mistakes are going to be made, and not you know pointing any certain fingers at certain people. I'm just saying in general, I think a lot of players are going to end up transferring when if they would have just stuck it out, it would have ended up working out. Like, what do you? Where are you guys on that? Because it's it's a, the inner debate that I've just been going on in my head and, and not sure exactly what it should be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good conversation. I have no problem, to be honest with you, with the with the one-time transfer waiver rule. I see where there are certain programs that would probably be really negatively affected by this, and, and it would create an imbalance in terms of if you want to talk about parity and stuff like that. And so I do, I do recognize that, but also I think that this puts the onus where it should lay. And that is on the coaches. Don't let the grass be greener. Other places, make the grass green in your own yard so that when kids come, they don't leave. Now you can talk to me all day long about the millennials and the Gen Zers, and they don't have the, you know, the work ethic of our parents and grandparents and so on. And that's fine. And there's probably a lot of truth to that. Um, but you know, the kids who are going to transfer are already transferring without this rule in there. I don't, I don't know that there's a floodgate the way people think about it, where all of a sudden every kid in America is going to just transfer just to check it out. Now, maybe that will happen. Maybe it'll be an NBA situation where guys are calling up their boys and being like, Hey, let's go play at, you know, wherever Creighton we'll meet up in Omaha and we'll just do the thing there for the year and see how it goes. So maybe some of that happens and I'm sure there would be cases of that, but also, you know, pushing there, – there is absolutely something to be said for pushing through and, and making the most out of a situation. But also, I think there's a lot of coaches who preach that but also don't make the situation good for the student-athlete from an athletic standpoint. And there's a lot of kids who played all five years and look back and go, why did I do that? Like, why did I put myself on the line for that coach or for that team 
when I got, quote unquote, I got nothing in return, not in a selfish way, but in a, I wasn't appreciated for the, the, the things that I did there and was never really given an opportunity. And so I think I've seen plenty of kids. I'd take, again, Fallon Friggy as a great example. She probably should have transferred after her freshman year at North Dakota, given who she is and what she saw. But she wanted to stick it out, and she tried to do that and ultimately just saw the, like, no, I, I got to go. And it was absolutely the right decision for her. And that and she's one of the best kids you could ever have. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think it, it is a knife that cuts both ways. There's certainly going to be downsides to it. But I think there's going to be upsides, too. And at the end of the day, I think it's on the coaches and the programs to make a situation that is inviting to kids that they want to be at so that the transferring isn't, you know, they can mitigate that as best they can. Yeah, I think, I think too, I think that just kids coming out of high school, I think they put too much stock in going to a place based on the coach. Like, I think they need, I think if I were telling my kids about going to somewhere when they're recruited, go there for the university, for the city, for the culture that is that, because you never know when a coach is going to leave. And I just feel like too many of these kids are just going to places solely based off of the coach. And then if they either don't like the coach or the coach leaves, then they have to leave or they feel like they're stuck. And I, I just feel like maybe that's uh, kind of the, the foundation of where some of the, the issues lie. But I just, I just feel like the coach shouldn't dictate everything, you know? It's a great point. Great point. Well, and, look, and look at a, a program like University of Montana football team. They've had so many different coaches over the last 10 years. And it's definitely hurt the program to have that much turnover, certainly. And I think so much of the turnover – when you're talking about the kids who did go to play for the specific coach has impacted their success. But there's also been so many kids that went to the university of Montana for the reasons you're talking about, Sean, because they wanted to be a part of something bigger. They wanted to be a part of something that had meant something to them in their lives, regardless of who the coach was. I, mean, I remember talking to Josh Sandry about this endlessly. And he used to always say like, man, I was going to go play for the Grizz. If I had the opportunity to play for the Grizz, it does not matter who the coach was. And he talked about how fortunate he felt that you know, really wasn't a good fit for him in the previous coaching staff, and then he got a chance to have Bobby Howe come back and how much that helped him and how much more enjoyable it was for a guy like Josh Sandry. But I think that, you know, there's, there's cultural elements here, I think, and I think that one thing that I think is really lacking amongst young people, and I think it's something even all of us, we're not that old, but it's still something that we remember from when we were growing up and playing sports, groups of kids particularly guys used to hold each other so accountable like you would never consider quitting a team unless it was completely dire circumstances because you wouldn't want your friends to just ridicule you your friends wouldn't let you get away with it or, or they would positively talk you back into it whatever it is it doesn't have to be a negative or a ridicule thing there was just a, a level of accountability there you it used to just be something to be a part of a team I remember my, my high school football team for example I mean, we graduated with like tw- I mean there was 29 seniors on the team. Most of the guys didn't play. They just wanted to be on the team to be a part of something. They just wanted to be on the squad. Now you look at a school like Big Sky. I mean, Matt Johnson, he's lucky to have half a dozen to eight seniors each year because the kids who aren't the stars, they just quit. And so kids can walk away. And I think that's part of what we see in college athletics too, is that it's a double-edged, it's both sides, right? It's coaches being selfish and coaching for themselves, not making it about being something bigger than them, but also it's kids making the decision for themselves, not the organization. And I agree, Sean. It's, uh, it's, it's troubling to me because so often you do have situations where kids make what, in objective opinion, is the wrong choice 
And then it continues to trickle. And all of a sudden these kids have been at three or four schools and they're having nothing close to an ideal experience. I just think to tell, go ahead. To tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN radio, Sean Rainey, SWX sports director joining us. Good friend, good golfer, good dude. Getting it done in his basement, like always. All right, go ahead, Sean. What do you got? No, I just think, too, though, I just think players, you, you can't, as a coach, you can't keep every single player happy. Like, it's just impossible when you have okay. a, a certain amount of players. And I just feel like we're kind of getting to the point where, like, as soon as it gets a little bit tough, you just want to bounce. And, and, and I know, Ryan, you're kind of putting it on the onus of, to the coach to, like, make everybody happy and, and make the grass greener on your side. But I just feel like it's – you know, that's a, it, becoming an impossible thing, and especially today where you have so many parents that are involved and, and getting in people's ears and stuff. I, I just feel like it's, we're getting to a point where the, the second where it's not perfectly ideal for you, you're bouncing, and I don't necessarily feel like that's the right answer. And it's, it's different for every, you know, different uh, circumstance, but I just feel like that is happening a little bit more and more. And if you continue to cater to, like you are saying, if you continue to cater to individuals, it's never going to work. And that's why you know you harken back to both Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate's programs. They're both my way or the highway style coaches. They're going to have a ton of transfers coming out of their programs always. So is Travis Secure at Montana because they're demanding coaches. But I think the difference is is if if you if there is like just this crazy wide swath of the reasons why kids are leaving, that's troubling. If it's a, the simple enough reason that. Like at Montana State football, for example, Jeff Choate has this very defined culture. And you either fit in or you don't. And if you don't, it's going to be miserable for you. And they're going to make sure that you're on your way out of town pretty darn quick. It's the same thing with the Grizz football team. Do you like – are you about what Bobby Hawk's about? Winning, ultimate competitiveness, being playing for something that's bigger than yourself, playing for the brand that is Montana. And I think if you if you have that, that defined culture – then the, the whys of why kids are leaving are very simple and you don't have to worry about it. It's when you have programs like University of Montana women's basketball, for example, where it seems as if every single player is transferring for a different reason, but all of the reasons are about the individual. That's the situation you never want to get into. Let me, let me ask you guys a, a, a question or a hypothetical on the one-time transfer rule. Because what if the one-time transfer rule applied only two upperclassmen. So you had to complete either your first two years, whether it is a redshirt year and then a freshman year, or perhaps even two uh, eligibility seasons. So up to three years, let's just call it two years of eligibility. So if you redshirt three, three years where you are not allowed a transfer uh, or a, a transfer waiver, I guess I should say, because you can still transfer and sit out a year and lose that year. But that to me would force high school students that are coming into programs, the, the weight of their commitment would still be, would still be strong. Like that would be a commitment that they'd be making to a place. And now they're required, uh, you know, outside of penalty to stay there through at least their sophomore year. They can see how it develops. They're forced to work through it. They're supposed to get al- forced to get along with the coach to some level. And then, you know, if they get out recruited or if they see the writings on the wall or they really think that the grass is greener, then, you know, after their sophomore se- season, they can transfer, uh, you know, without penalty. But at least initially, you know, now all of a sudden a kid shows up, he's there three months and he's out. Like, that's not, that's not great at all. I understand that. Like, how, how, what do you even know about what's going on at that point? And so – uh, what would you think about that sort of a, a, a muted version of this? I think it. I think it depends 
I think just basketball is so much different than football that it's hard to apply the one-time transfer rule across the board to each sport, in my opinion, just because there's, you know, there's so little numbers in basketball compared to football. I, I, I would imagine with this one-time transfer rule, you're going to see, you know, a lot of after a freshman season, you might see a lot of guys leave, like, because they go there for one year and realize this isn't it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go now um, rather than, you know, juniors transferring out in my opinion. That or you're just going to see – I just think it's going to be more effective in basketball than football. You're going to see guys maybe at the big sky level that are playing really well and they get recruited to Pac-12 or whatnot. And I think that's where we're going to see a, uh, a large impact of this. And so to me, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, it'll, I think we'll just have to see how it plays out. But I don't know. I, I think it's going to – create some uh it's going to be very challenging whether it's right or wrong i think it's for schools like montana i don't think it's going to be a good thing well sean we'll uh get you out of here on this let you play part of our favorite game we played a game where we chose our favorite players from every single nfl team we went division by division so mm-hmm. couple part question for you Ryan's favorite charger was who, Ryan? I think Junior I think we both. No question. Junior, 5'5". Five, five. And I said I said Seau, and I also said Sean Marion uh, for a variety of entertainment and football-based reasons. So a two-part question for you, Sean. What do you think of our favorite chargers? Who's your favorite charger, and who's your favorite non-charger? Um, yeah, no, I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, Junior Seau. That's a great, great answer. Um, I mean, LT is obviously in the conversation, and I I do love Antonio Gates, especially just being an undrafted guy, played tight end, which is a position that I you know played, and going from undrafted to one of the best at the position, and and doing it in a a quiet fashion. He was never all about me and wanted all the eyes on him. Um, so I'd, I'd either go LT or Gates probably, and then. Oh, as far as like any any other team, or are we going AFC West or what? No, any any NFL any team. Oh, man, that one's tough. Um, Brett Favre is out there. No, definitely no Packers. That's yeah, that's unbelievable, easy. unbelievable. It's a good thing we're separated by distance right now. Man, that that's. That's a that's a hard one. Um, well, my favorite all time player growing up is Jerry Rice. So, I'll mm. uh, I'll go I'll go Jerry Rice because uh, go ahead. I was a Niners me, I was a Niners fan when I was younger because I was born I was born on January twenty second, nineteen eighty nine, the day that the 49ers beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and so my parents you know told me that when I was younger and I thought that was cool. So I started following the 49ers when I was young and that's when they were. You know, they were really good. So I started following Jerry Rice. And when I was in fifth grade, we had to write a letter to a celebrity. And so I wrote a letter to Jerry Rice saying, hey, I was born on the day you were Super Bowl MVP. You've been my favorite player since. Like, here's a little postcard, a little trading card. If you want to sign it for me, you can. Three years later, my eighth grade teacher, or my fifth grade teacher walked down when I was in eighth grade and at recess, handed me a letter from Jerry Rice. Three no years. No way. It was like, and it was like a big, <laughs> it was a big eight by ten picture of him. He's like, this is probably better than your trading card. Sorry, it took so long. I get a lot of fan mail, you know, blah blah blah. 
but hopefully you like this better. And it was, you know, to Sean signed from Jerry Rice three years later when I was in eighth grade. And so that, that kind of cemented him as my uh, favorite player. <laughs> That's amazing. What a great story. Yeah. And absolutely. I think that makes everybody like Jerry Rice even more. I think almost everybody likes Rice anyway. I got to circle back, though, to the Chargers because neither for Coulter and I, well, but I'm surprised. I'm shocked for you. Philip Rivers, is he even on the list of favorite Chargers? I mean, he's the best quarterback in the history of the organization. Yeah, he's, he'd be third for me. I'd, I'd, probably go, okay. I'd probably go Gates, LT, and Rivers. Merriman was awesome for, like, the two years that he was, like, really good. Um, but then, obviously, you know, he did steroids. And uh, I got a funny, real quick, funny Sean Merriman story for you. Oh, good. Let's go. So, we were um, – my, my friend worked at the team hotel where they would stay at before game days in San Diego growing up. Yeah. So we went to go, we went to go meet him and some of the other players. And I went, it was me and a couple other girls and we're like, Hey, can we take a picture um, with you? And he goes, yeah, sure. And he hands me the phone and wants to take a picture only with the girls and didn't let me be in it. And then said, see you later, man. So not a fan of Sean Merriman. He's a weird dude. Well, uh, Rainey, that makes three of us, right? All of us weird dudes right. in this one, but we're happy to uh, to do it with you. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, hanging out uh, on the Zoom here and, uh, and talking some sports. We appreciate it, bud. He's great. Thanks for having me on. You bet, Sean Rainey, SWX Television. Enjoy being with Sean. Thanks uh, to him once again for joining us. So it was a, a fun, a fun uh, time that we had uh, this afternoon on the Zoom video there. Quick break on the other side. Jamie Pickens isn't the only person that uh, got into the transfer portal today. We'll go through a couple of folks with Montana ties and maybe one of the most notable college football recruits in the country also leaving his current university. Get to all that right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. If I'm right, this will be the most knowledge that I've ever been able to convey accurately about music. I believe the drums here are being played as triples. And the, I love it. Great drums. Even if I'm not right about what it is, I'm right about how great it sounds. Perfect. Good for you. Rosanna? Is that the name of this? I guess. Seems like a pretty popular song. Didn't the police did Roseanne? Roxanne. Roxanne. Oh. I hate that song so very what? much. Oh, just awful. Horrendous. Sting in general. No. You know, you know, I know what you're doing. With what? your pot stirring. You know I can't stand Sting. I'm Why? Oh, just the high-pitchy thing. I just, look, I know and that then he's you like, like. Then you like some of the stuff that you like? It's amazing. It's yeah, you know, amazing. yeah, 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 it's remarkable. I love broccoli. I hate asparagus. I don't know. What, what do you care? <laughs> 
Okay, is there any rhyme or reason to any sensibilities that any of us has? No. No, you just have no consistency in your music taste. Oh, you, get you out like of here. There is no such stuff. thing as consistency. It's just like what strikes you. I just can't stand Sting. And I know a lot of people love him. And I, I, my understanding is great songwriter, musician, <laughs> all that stuff. I know that he's dreamy if you're into that kind of, you know, old Silver Fox thing. I can't stand him. It's Do Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. You can also find us <laughs> on the social medias, at Gus to Tell, if you want more musical opinion. Also, Scott on Sports MT and uh, at 1029 ESPN. All right. Jamie Pickens entered the transfer portal earlier today. She's not alone. Uh, it just never ends. Well, no, no, it it actually never ends. That's the beauty of this thing. No matter what isn't happening, this never ends. Uh, do you want to start on the national level or do you want to start on the state level with the transfers here, Coulter? Oh, great. Let's start at the state level. I don't know. This is the time when it all goes to hell, just like I said yesterday. Mike, well, it, it does when you don't have your sheet in hand and you don't know what we're no, talking okay. about. No, okay. So the reason I mentioned JT Daniels from USC in the outline is because I, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Let's start on the national. There's, there's been JT Daniels, to my knowledge, because Transfer Portal's only been around for two years. JT Daniels, to my knowledge, is among, if not the most high profile person to ever enter his name, most high-profile college athlete to enter his name into the NCAA transfer portal. I think that there's been this broad bemoaning of the existence of the portal. I still haven't decided what my opinion on it is. I think it's just kind of the way that it is. I think that I think that people that complain about its existence from the from people that work in college athletics, coaches, you're wasting your time because it's not going away. You have to just learn how to navigate the world that we live in. Control or at least perceive control. Like totally. you have to come to me and face me and tell me that you're and, leaving, and now you don't. Have and to and do it's that, just so. another another um, element of just perpetuating that the grass is greener. But my question for you though is this: so uh, so many of the people that enter the transfer portal are people from mid to low major athletic teams, like the ones we cover. Okay. So I think it resonates a lot more around here. And I think you're having it happen at a higher level, at the lower levels, if that makes sense. But I also just think that so many of the, the kids that we've seen enter the transfer portal, specifically for Montana, Montana State, they haven't ended up anywhere. And so I guess I, I think that the, the... But what's your question about... The Jimmy narrative is, 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 well, is the narrative overblown? Because in reality, like the top prospects are not really leaving Alabama, USC. They're not really going anywhere. Yeah. Every once in a while, quarterbacks transfer. Mm-hmm. But these guys aren't necessarily using the portal as much to alert people because they just have such huge audience that they don't need this database to alert coaches who does it hurt more i guess in terms of the size of the school who gets hurt the most by this well yeah i mean like if you if you were good enough to get on at clemson or alabama unless you just aren't playing then there's probably no reason to transfer like your 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 path is sort of set in a more absolute way than if you are at other places and so in terms of the reason you say it's at a higher level at a lower level what you're meaning by that is kids that are transferring from places that are in the low major conferences in the basketball or in division you know the fcs division of football or whatever 
or even low mid-major schools. It's their players, it's their starters that are tending to leave or that that have just as good a chance to leave as anybody else, not merely the 11th guy on the bench or the 80th guy, you know, in on the football team. And so in that respect, I think it's true. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. If if there is one, I think that it's just, I mean, right now with JT Daniels, who, by the way, you say he's the highest profile guy to ever enter the transfer portal. He not even, I mean, he is a high profile guy insofar as he's been the quarterback at USC. But I, there's plenty of people nationwide. I got no idea who this kid is. JT, he's not, he's not a star. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a regionally known guy for you know because USC is still a program of note and he was a starter there as a freshman but I mean you know he's 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 he's, their team didn't do anything and he didn't do anything so I I, you know what do you what do you want to say about I mean I I don't know it's not that big a deal I mean Jalen Hurts did he enter the transfer portal he's a much higher profile guy than 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 JT Daniels but everybody expected it and understands why because he ended up backing up you know Tua for a, a year at Alabama so that's not a surprise. Yeah, Joe Nobody... Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields all transferred last right. year, but I don't know. I don't really know if if they used the portal or not. What, what I mean, what what does it matter? I mean, what? Well, it does matter because the the portal, like declaring for a transfer, has always been an available thing. Sure, you just have to receive your release from the school, but now you can enter your name into a database. The portal itself is a database of prospects. There's 748 people in the database right now you are declaring yourself a free agent by entering the portal but what i'm saying is a guy like joe burrow or a guy like jalen hurts the publicity around their transfer doesn't doesn't necessarily need them to then alert the country via the database okay i don't know i guess i'm just not understanding the significance of that or not i mean so what Um, Jalen Hurts did enter the transfer portal. Okay. That's that's interesting. I mean, the the point is, is that all it is is a method. It's not it's it's not about Justin I mean, Fields also did. Joe Burrow did not. It, there's a lot of ways I think this benefits coaches because now all the guys who are transferring, you have access to all of those guys. Not you know, it's all about okay, people leaving your program, but it's people. It's whatever it is, 750 people in there right now, and you can go look at a glance and see everybody that's in there, and every coach. And every program is looking at this thing all the time and know immediately the instant somebody has been entered in this thing. And, and so that, you know, it continues to perpetuate that, you know, co- uh, uh, consistent and, uh, and, and never ending recruiting and, and being alerted about guys that are available. So in that sense, I mean, it's a benefit to them. In the state of Montana, Michael Paulo, the biggest transfer well, recently, today, certainly, in terms of uh, basketball from the men's side of things. He started in 10 games and was a major player. I mean, you probably call him the, the, the number one sixth man and maybe even better than that. He was the fourth leading scorer for Montana State a year ago, uh, a, a combo guard, and heading uh, to where we don't know, but out of Bozeman we do know. What do you think about this? I mean, we know that Montana State is – still you know from a basketball standpoint putting the pieces together to create the foundation of what is going to be the Danny Sprinkle era era and you say year one went really well I think overall all things considered uh and 
and now, but but still, you kind of wonder, like, okay, what's the actual base of guys going to be that are going to be sort of the first class of players that are going to come through? You have this transcendent guy in Harold Frey, who really is the glue for the first season of of of, of Danny Sprinkle's tenure. But now, where is this going to go? But at any point, it's not going to be with Michael Paulo being being a part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's he was a fish signee. A Brian Fish signee yeah. out of the junior college ranks. And I thought very much last year, I thought he was like a junior college guy. I mean, I think that he, when he would get his opportunities, he would try to take advantage of them. Sometimes he did. He, I think he had 10 games where he scored in double figures. But then other times I thought that he shot the ball too much. I, th- I thought that he stopped the ball a lot. And uh, on last year's Bobcats team, I thought that there was a pretty definitive battle for individual scoring that oftentimes did not involve Harold Frey and Jabril Bello, and that was bad. Yeah. Ahmed Adam was a phenomenal athlete. I thought that he... If he's taken into he, the 12 or 14 shots a game, that's bad news Yeah, he was him. in flux yeah. a lot. And so, I mean, like the games that he... He scored 20 in two different conference games, and they lost both yes, those games. right. And Michael Polo, I mean, his his season high was 16 points against Rocky. His season high against the Division One team was... 13 points against Cal State Bakerfield. But I just, I, I thought that, uh, I, I don't know. He's their fourth league scorer. I don't think it's a huge loss. Yeah. Okay. Stutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. They did, uh, they did sign Kellen Tynes today. So that's another scholarship filled for Montana State. So they had two junior college guys yesterday. You wonder if that has an influence on Paulo as well. Because he's going to have to, at the least, compete for his spot. Uh, but Montana State now, they have... Tynes and two other freshmen coming in, and they also signed the two junior college kids yesterday. So five scholarships filled. I think they still have one open up. Quick quick break. The only thing that's happening this weekend, the last dance. We will get you ready for it next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. I mean, it's it's such a a, a, a soft and, and sort of passive and some would say nice song that it feels wrong to say this, but I hate this song so much. <laughs> and I can't stand Sting, and if I never heard it again, I would be fine with it. It is That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Oh, man. Burn Street leaves it up to us what we're going to burn each week when we do this. I hope that I have, you know, I know that I'm in the minority here. I know a lot of people like Sting. I'm not begrudging anyone. I'm speaking for me and myself. Asparagus, Sting, hate him. What? Yeah, I don't like... What do you mean, what? I just said that before. I don't like asparagus, too, also. <laughs> it's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Sting is a guy who's been on a cruise or two. <laughs> right. He's a cruise performer. That's right. 
That's exactly right. If you listen on the podcast, it's available anytime. The podcast is available. You can shut the music off. That would be great. Podcast available. Oh, man. I knew that. Why do I even try? Wherever you get your podcast, you tell Nuwana's podcast brought to us by Blackfoot. Appreciate Blackfoot for that. Uh, Coulter, the last dance. It's the best thing that's going to happen this weekend. It's probably the best thing that's going to happen, you know, for the, well, <laughs> till the draft, but it's going to be the best thing ever. First two episodes, I think 7 o'clock, and then the second one at 8 o'clock on ESPN television Sunday evening. The 10 part documentary series on the 98 Chicago Bulls, the last run of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, championship number six, the whole thing. I just. I think that this is actually going to reorder the conversation completely surrounding the greatest ever, greatness, LeBron James, Kobe, all of it is going to be brought back. Because you know what Michael Jordan never... You know why people think Charles Barkley's great? Because Charles Barkley was great. And because Charles Barkley has only ever been front and center on your television for the last 20 years. Telling you how great he is. And just being being great. Being funny, being all that. And you go, gosh, how great was Barkley? Jordan's gone nowhere done nothing in the public eye and when this happens look out no doubt can't wait this is quite a song to pair with michael jordan this is so much better than sting though i can't even tell you oh. i cannot believe I, I hope this weekend lasts forever i can't be in here ever again in, with you the weekend will last forever it has lasted <laughs> it started a month ago and it's just ongoing <laughs> have a great weekend boys See you and next girls. week Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.